The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 440 for November 9th, 2014. Intercarrier voiceover LTE coming soon. AT&T goes south of the border with Iusa Cell's acquisition. And Canadian carrier Rogers introduces fixed-price roaming in the U.S. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, kicking off the news this week, following up on a story we've talked about for the last two weeks, the CEO of the Merchant Customer Exchange Consortium spoke up about his product this week in an interview. Decker's Davidson denied that they had ordered CVS to block Apple Pay and the exclusive clause in their agreements with retailers should be expiring in the next few months, not within years. Davidson went on to say that there weren't they weren't afraid of multiple competing mobile payment systems being in use and that the exclusivity was simply to provide breathing room for the development of their solution called Currency. The binding agreement uh, that the participating retailers have with Currency is putting them in a tough spot with getting on board with Apple Pay. CVS briefly had introduced Apple Pay support and then provided uh, that it was technically possible to use but went on to block Apple Pay uh, uh, transactions afterwards and they uh, obviously are going to be switching over to current C as the solution here that they'll be implementing soon. It certainly does seem odd that those uh, those particular retailers have the NFC terminals, but then blocked one one uh, one or more method payments using those NFC terminals. It's just bizarre. It is. And, you know, obviously, we, we again, we've talked about the last couple of weeks and, you know, whether it's Rite Aid or CVS or Walmart or Best Buy or whoever it is, these are these are major retailers. These are not just, well, I don't know if it's going to matter that much because so and so was blocking it. But I mean, it, it's it's actually going to be a big deal here as we come into I think it's going to be a mobile price or mobile payment war kind of going through, you know, how are you paying for things here? I'm still not doing a lot of transactions over Apple Pay. In fact, I still have not done an actual one um, just because, I, number one, I'm not doing a lot of, uh, you know, most of the time when I'm buying stuff, it's food. And, you know, for the most part, it's at a restaurant. And that's not something where you're using Apple Pay at this point. No, and I, that's that can't come quick enough for me because that to me, that's one of the riskiest, you know, riskiest uh, things to put your card in because, you know, you can have handheld skimmers. The, your card is out of your sight. It's just one of these things where we really need to get, uh, you know, mobile receivers uh, that the servers can use to uh, to accept your payment. But I've actually used Apple Pay, uh, Pay numerous times this past uh, week, Mickey, because uh, I went to numerous grocery stores with it. I went to Walgreens a couple of times and uh, that, you know, it works every time. It's kind of fun because I got to actually kind of play with it a little bit to see how close I could get to the terminal before the screen lights up with your credit card. And also I was able to add my USAA debit card. They added that support this week. I'm still waiting for Discover to be added, but uh, it's... Uh, uh, it's it's working well so far. Yeah, and I, and I guess that is the thing is that uh, you know we're going to have a lot more banks. Uh, we'll talk about it right now. Uh, U.S. Bank, M and T Bank, USAA, PNC, and Navy Federal all announced added support for Apple Pay to their credit and debit cards this week. So uh, we're going to see, as Apple's pointed out, more than 500 banks online with them by the end of the year. Well, the great thing about uh, Apple Pay is it uses the same hardware, the NFC hardware, and like the, 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 the MasterCard mobile pay pass system that the Google Wallet does, which is on the Android devices. So we've got, you know, the two big players using the same technology to be able to make the payment. So that is a- absolutely great for us as consumers, because that means that technology probably will become more common, hopefully, now that uh, Apple's backing it. 
Well, and I think it's just a matter of actual usage and time. And as people get comfortable with it, that's what's going to take all this uh, and make it take off is, is just the actual usage and people being comfortable with the process. Because right now it's still a little science fiction to be able to just pull out your phone and tap it on something and, and move on with things, as it probably was when credit cards were first announced. And, uh, you know, this is just the, the way of things. And so ultimately this will become second nature to a lot of us as we go to places and you'll be looking for it as you're checking out and uh, paying for the goods and services that you are procuring. AT&T and Verizon on Monday said the nation's top two carriers are working together to make interoperable voiceover LTE calls possible as early as next year. Both offer voiceover LTE to their subscribers, but those calls can only pass between two voiceover LTE-enabled devices covered by an LTE network run by that carrier. In other words, Verizon customers can only call Verizon customers via voiceover LTE, and AT&T customers can only call AT&T customers. Now, engineers from both companies are completing the set of requirements needed to and then plan to move to field trials before full deployment. Once voiceover LTE calls are interoperable between the two carriers, the work on the service such as video calls and rich messaging. Both said that the service should be available sometime in 2015. T-Mobile also offers voiceover LTE to its customers, though it not, is not currently part of this partnership as it stands today. Now, just a quick clarification on this. When you're making calls uh, over an LTE network and you happen to be on uh, one of these networks with a device that's compatible, you are still making a voice over LTE call. It's just not an HD call or a high quality call uh, that uh, this is what we're talking about here with, uh, with this implementation. Well, probably actually more accurately, it's, pro- it's voice over LTE between you and your carrier, but when it's communicating to whatever the external carrier is, whether it be wireless or wireline, then it's probably converting back to a normal uh, phone, you know, digital phone, regular, you know, phone line uh, instead of the HD or high quality. Right. And so I, I, the, the distinction here is that when you're calling somebody that's on your network and you both have voice over LTE devices that are enabled and on networks that are enabled, you can hear a very, very distinct difference. Um, the, the quality is massively better. Um, and every once in a while, it takes me aback when I get a call and I'm talking on it and it's, wow, I think, wow, this is, you know, just kind of the future here. Um, you know, but it's, it's, they're, they're rare because not everybody I talk to is on Verizon. And of course, when I'm on my device, it may not necessarily be on uh, LTE. It may be on 3G. And so I'm falling back on the existing CDMA network and, uh, and, and, and the calls are processing through that way. So a lot of different things have to happen here, but ultimately we're going to see some, some some uh, integration here, and they're going to be working together, at least Verizon and AT&T are. AT&T on Tuesday announcing AT&T Next 24. This is a third option for breaking down device payments into lower monthly chunks. As with AT&T Next 12 and AT&T Next 18, the new plan lets customers join AT&T without requiring a contract. Customers can acquire a phone with zero down, followed by monthly payments that vary according to the phone's cost. With Next 24, customers can upgrade to a new device after making 24 payments, and the device is paid off after a total of 30 payments. In order to get a new phone with no down payment, customers will need to turn in their old device and choose to upgrade after 24 payments. In addition to the new financing option, customers who switch to AT&T and activate a new line of service with a smartphone on AT&T Next will receive a $150 bill credit. That is similar to an offering recently announced by Verizon. 
AT&T on Friday announcing that it has agreed to acquire Mexican wireless company IusaCell for $2.5 billion. IusaCell offers wireless service under its own name and the Unifone brand name. The 8.6 million subscribers cover about 70% of Mexico's population of 120 million. AT&T will gain the subscribers, spectrum licenses, network assets, and retail operations of IusaCell. The deal requires that Grupo Salinas, which currently owns just 50% of IusaCell, complete its acquisition of the portion of the company that it does not already own. Then once it does, AT&T will buy IusaCell from Grupo Salinas. AT&T said it plans to expand IusaCell's network to cover more Mexicans. Now, AT&T says the deal makes sense for them because IusaCell runs a GSM and UMTS network that owns 800 megahertz and 1900 megahertz spectrum in the select portions of Mexico. They say I use the cell represents a natural geographic expansion of our wireless footprint into a country with a growing economy that is independent of the U.S. economy. They said further recent changes to government policies in Mexico have created a friendly climate for foreign investment. This transaction gives AT&T the assets necessary to create the first ever North American mobile service for U.S. customers when they visit Mexico or Mexican customers visiting the United States. Whether they live near the border or thousands of miles away, AT&T sees the acquisition as a long-term growth opportunity. I use the cell will remain headquartered in Mexico City. AT&T says that it expects the deal to gain the necessary regulatory approvals before the end of the first quarter in 2015. In its fiscal Q2 2014 earnings released on Monday, Sprint posted a net loss of $0.19 per share, or more than triple the consensus estimate of a loss of $0.06 per share. The company also missed its revenue expectations of its currently revenues of $8.5 billion. Those are less than the consensus of $8.6 billion and an operating loss of $192 million. Though perhaps more discouraging, the number of the number Sprint said that they had lost a total of 272,000 postpaid subscribers on the quarter as rivals Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T all posted substantial gains over the same period. Further, the company also announced that it's going to cut 2,000 more jobs. On a more positive note, though, Sprint reported that postpaid phone gross additions grew by 37% month over month in September and increased year over year for the first time this year. Sprint also says that it has increased its 4G LTE coverage to 260 million people nationwide. The carrier currently suffers from having the slowest LTE network in the country and is covered. Coverage similarly is not as good as other top-tier carriers. New CEO uh, Marcello Clare has a lot of work cut out for him as he moves into his first holiday season as head of the company. Now, the Sprint CEO did say the company ha- uh, may get rid of phone subsidies at some point in the future. Speaking to investors uh, during the earnings report, Claire said that its installment and leasing programs are increasing in popularity, making the possibility of this change much easier. T-Mobile started this arrangement with its simple choice plans, which scrapped the subsidy in favor of monthly device payments. Claire said if Sprint chooses this path to follow, it won't be, though, until 2015. You know, I think that's actually a wise move because, you know, we've we've kind of reached this uh, somewhat smartphone maturity level here where you can still use a two-year-old iPhone and actually be doing pretty well as far as uh, being quick enough and, 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 and actually a pretty good device that's uh, reliable and easy to use for the, for the most part. You don't really need an iPhone 6, not like you used to, where, you know, if you compare an iPhone 3GS to an iPhone 4S, 
that's a night and day difference. I mean, you want that 4S in comparison, but now, eh, you know, the 5 the five is actually still pretty capable. So what, what this then allows them to do is drop the monthly price down. So then they can compete on the monthly price, uh, especially if you're comparing them to uh, AT&T or Verizon on a standard plan. So that's, that's where it actually makes sense to me that they'd want to do this. Well, and this is kind of the whole, uh, you know, the whole conversation here that we're <clears throat> we're having is as you go through uh, and, and you think about how you're using your device, is it something where you need the latest and greatest or can you get by with one or two year old technology? Uh, and in many cases, it's the latter. <clears throat> And I think one of the biggest things for people is, you know, obviously that want of having one of the newest devices and that's uh, capability is still out there. Sprint is still offering that. They're just looking for ways to compete on the low end for how do we get more people in here that are looking to pay lesser uh, rate plans and, and don't necessarily want to be on prepaid um, or maybe had a bad experience on prepaid, even if it wasn't with our one of our providers. And um Ultimately, it's just going to be it's this is going to be a way for them to, you know, to to kind of to compete, as you mentioned, uh, on the price side of things. So uh, good news here. Uh, if you're someone who is looking to uh, to pick up a new phone on Sprint and possibly uh, go with one of these uh, different types of payment options. Boost Mobile on Tuesday, extending a promotion that offers customers twice as much mobile data for reduced pricing. The promo was originally announced in September and meant to expire on November 3rd. Boost will continue to offer the promotion for an unspecified amount of time moving forward. Right now, all three of Boost Mobile's plans include unlimited talk and text. The $35 plan includes one gigabyte of data. The $45 plan includes 5 gigs of data, and the $55 plan includes 10 gigs of data. Once the promotion expires, the prices will go back up by $5 a month, and data allotments will drop back down to their normal limits. Shrinkage does not apply to the promotional rates. Apple teamed up this week with Southwest Airlines and introduced uh, a new Beats music streaming service to passengers on Wi-Fi-enabled flights. Customers using Beats in flight will have unrestricted access to the service for free. The partnership was in introduced on Monday with a special event of an on a Southwest flight complete with a Beats branded plane, a special playlist and more. According to Southwest, the celebration and special playlist was created to come to life with a couple of live concerts on flights at 35,000 feet. And of course, I flew on Southwest on Sunday for the very first time, so I missed it by one day. Uh, one day. It could have been you, although the, uh, the, the, the flights were in and out of Dallas, Love Field and Chicago Midway. Neither of which I believe you flew to. Well, I flew to, uh, I didn't fly to Dallas, but I went to uh, Houston, so I was close. Yeah, there you go. Well, either way, uh, the subscription to Beats is normally $10 a month, so the partnership does open up the service to potential new customers that may not have used the service previously. So check that out if you're on a Southwest flight. Free music from Beats Music. And finally in news, Canadian listeners take note, Rogers is introducing a new international roaming plan for customers traveling to the U.S. The Roam Like Home plan allows Rogers customers to access their share everything minutes, text, and data while in the United States for only $5 per day. Rogers will charge you for a maximum of 10 days with Roam Like Home for a total of an extra $50 per month on your bill. If you're in the U.S. for an extended stay, any days past the first 10 will cost you nothing extra. Charges from Roam Like Home only apply to days when you actually use the phone in the United States. New Rogers Share Everything customers will be automatically enrolled in Roam Like Home. Existing Share Everything customers can sign up for the program beginning on Monday, November 10th. In device news, AT&T on Monday announcing that it would be offering the Microsoft 
Microsoft Lumia 830 online and in stores beginning on November 7th. The Lumia 830 was announced earlier this year. It runs Windows Phone 8.1 with Cortana and features a slim and light design. The 830 has a 5-inch HD display, a quad-core processor, and 10-megapixel camera. AT&T is selling the phone for $450 at full retail, $100 with a two-year contract, or $22.50 per month with AT&T Next 12 and uh, $18.75 if you're on Next 18. Now, for a limited time, AT&T is offering a Fitbit Fitbit Flex wearable with a Lumia 830 for free. The Fitbit can be used to track activity and sleep. It normally retails for $99. AT&T on Monday also revealing the availability and pricing information of the HTC One M8 running Windows. This device, which was already being sold by Verizon, runs Windows Phone 8.1, but is otherwise identical to the version running Android. It has a four ultra-pixel camera, quad-core processor, 1080p HD, HD display and an all aluminum design. The device is available in stores beginning on November 7th, $670 full retail, $200 with a new contract, $3360 with Next 12 and $2792 with Next 18. Samsung on Monday announcing that its five biggest wireless carriers in the U.S. will sell the Galaxy Note Edge beginning later in November. Samsung said that AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon Wireless and U.S. Cellular will all carry the Galaxy Note Edge in both black and white. The Note Edge goes on sale November 14th. It will be available for zero down on AT&T Next with monthly payments of $47.30 for 12 months or $39.42 for 18 months. It will be $399 up front with a two-year contract or get this, $945 if you want to buy the the Note Edge on AT&T off contract. Ouch. Some AT&T stores will have the Note Edge on display starting on the November 7th. On Sprint EasyPay, qualified buyers can purchase the device for zero down with monthly payments of $35. Retail pricing from Sprint, $840, excluding taxes and qualifying service plan, of course. T-Mobile said the Note Edge will be available on its network starting for zero down on November 14th, $36.25 a month for 24 months, and uh, of course, online and in stores across the nation. Customers can pre-register online to be notified when the device becomes available for order. And finally, in device news, Motorola this week began accepting pre-orders for the Nexus 6 via its website. Both the white and blue models are available in 32 and 64 gig variants for $649 and $699 respectively. Google is also selling the Nexus 6, though there is no current supply and the site tells you to check back later. The Nexus 6 will be available from wireless network operators, including AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile later this month. Shipping times have yet to be announced. In software news, Google on Thursday announcing several new features in Google Drive for iOS. Drive now supports extensions in iOS 8, which means users can more easily share files to and from Drive. The app can now be locked with Touch ID for security purposes, and Drive for iOS now lets users save videos from Drive to their device's camera roll. Google Drive for iOS is free to download from the iTunes App Store and is optimized for iOS 8. Google on Monday announcing a new version of its calendar application for Android devices. The app offers a number of new features, including automatic event scheduling. The calendar will scan Gmail for flight itineraries and other invitations and automatically create events based on those emails, complete with location details. The new calendar app is dynamic and enough it can do enough to reschedule those same events if there are delays or changes. A new feature called Assists let users uh, suggest titles, people, and places as they fill out events. It adapts to the user's typing preferences over time. Another addition is Schedule View, which will include photos 
maps, illustrations, and cityscapes of locations within calendar events. The new Google Calendar is compatible with all Android 4.1 and higher devices and will be available from the Play Store in the next coming weeks. The new calendar app is already built into Android 5.0 Lollipop. Also on Monday, Google announcing a re-envisioned Gmail application for Android 5 Lollipop, making it more robust with several new tools. The overhauled app includes material design and adds in support for other email services such as Yahoo, AOL, Outlook.com, and other POP3 and IMAP4 email services. Gmail can also now support separate employer-based exchange accounts in addition to a user's Gmail account. The various accounts can be viewed separately or together. Gmail 5 adds a number of new swiping gestures for archiving and replying to messages. Gmail 5 is built into devices running Android 5 Lollipop. uh, Google did not say when the new Gmail app would be available to handsets running older versions of Android kind of strange uh android used to be where it was one app for your gmail and for your exchange and then they split it out into a gmail app and now they've put the exchange into the gmail app why didn't they just you know i'll keep it in the one mail app uh, to begin with but uh it's it's nice to have it in one particular application that looks the same because uh you, you know running the exchange account and a gmail account which i had done when i was using the android device it, it, it it's a totally different interface yeah, and it, it, you know, honestly, I, I really like the the idea of Gmail. I use Gmail regularly, and uh, so I would love to to stick with it. Uh, but it was always annoying to have to use yet another application just to get your email and have to switch back and forth between them when all you're doing is trying to process messages. So I really am excited about uh, about this possibility here of being able to tie all them together. So I think that's great news, and I'm sure a lot of other people that are running Exchange services and using these devices in the enterprise are going to agree with that. Microsoft and Dropbox on Tuesday announced a partnership, making it easier for smartphone and tablet owners to remain productive on their mobile devices. The companies have agreed to integrate Office 365 and Dropbox for mobile and online document creation and storage. Android and iOS users will be able to access Dropbox from Office applications to get to their files and folders. Further, users can edit Office files directly from Dropbox then sync them across devices and share new or edited files from the Office applications using Dropbox sharing tools. Microsoft said it will update Office for Android and iOS with these new features over the coming weeks. Online sharing between Office and Dropbox, though, won't arrive until early 2015. Interested users will need both an Office and a Dropbox account in order to access these tools. Dropbox will make its application available on Windows Phone and Windows Tablet platforms in the coming months. Then on Thursday, Microsoft announcing a major expansion of its Office productivity suite on mobile devices. Microsoft is replacing the limited Office applications for iPhone and iPad with three brand new Word, Excel, and PowerPoint applications. These apps allow iPhone and iPad users to create and edit Office content on their iPhones and iPads for free. Further, Microsoft announced a new preview version of Office for Android tablets. That change means that people will be able to work with Office documents on their mobile devices at no cost, where Microsoft previously required that subscription to its Office 365 offering. Subscribers to Office 365 will have a more robust feature set, including advanced editing and collaboration tools and unlimited OneDrive storage. One, uh, Dropbox integration will be available to all users. Uh, lastly, Microsoft said it is working on a touch-enabled version of Office for Windows 10. The new iPhone and iPad Office apps are free to download immediately. Android tablet owners can sign up for the Office preview beginning today. So 
You may ask, what are the differences between the free and paid versions? Well, let's talk about specifically here just some uh, some of the differences here on the Microsoft Word application. So number one, only paid users will be able to change the orientation of a document between portrait and landscape mode. Free users can open landscape documents but can't change them and will create all new documents in portrait. Paid users can format documents into columns. Free users can only open existing documents with columns and edit the text, but they can't modify or undo the columns themselves. Paid users can create section breaks such as next page, continuous, odd, and even pages. Free users can still view section breaks from existing documents and create new page breaks. The ability to accept and reject cha- uh, reject track changes is limited to paid users. With a free version, track changes can be turned on by default in any marked up document, but it cannot be turned off and any changes users make will be tracked. Free users also can't turn on track changes in a new document. For text editing, any drop-down menu options for things like font size, text style, and color are free, but custom changes such as specific colors are behind that paywall, as are text styles and word art. For charts, changing the display options on things like data labels and legends will require a subscription. For tables, only paid users can change the color and shade of a cell, and also the uh, paid users will uh, only apply reflections and shadows to images, though these won't be removed from existing documents and open in the free version. So it's, of course, obviously a lot better to be able to edit the documents for the most part. I mean, the, the, the what they have available for free will cover, you know, probably 99% of, uh, of people and what they want to do with the documents. So they're just trying to bump a few people that need some of the more advanced features over to it. But uh, Microsoft did offer, if you uh, uh, signed up for 365 just for, uh, just for having the iPad support, they will give you a refund, a prorated refund if you uh, request that, if you, uh, if you purchase it just for iPad editing. So if you've done that uh, uh make sure you look into that yeah if that's something that you you know you don't want to have the service anymore i mean obviously there's a lot of stuff in here that uh you know i think about the fact that when i am dealing with a word document there's a lot of these that i may want to do obviously i like the idea of being able to re, you know accept and reject reject track changes um you know obviously switching the orientation i mean they seem like silly things but i mean really they're offering you a, a, a you know, a relatively limited feature set for free. And if you want to do these advanced functions, you should uh, you really pay for the service to upgrade. But either way, it's it's really nice. I save all of my documents in Dropbox. And so being able to access them with these applications now via Dropbox on the iPad or iPhone is great. Um, I have downloaded it and uh, have uh, checked out a couple of documents already with it. And it does work uh, just fine with that. So I'm excited to see that. Um, I've not actually created or done anything, you know, real work on any documents yet, though. That's uh, not something I actually plan to do, but just one of those, if I ever need to do it, it will be available as an option. So great news there. Well, Amazon this week expanded the benefits of Amazon Prime with unlimited online photo storage to all Prime customers. Before this week, the features were only available to owners of a Fire Phone. With Prime Photos, Android and iOS device owners can automatically upload, store, and access their photos from their smartphone or tablet. Uh, Prime Photos users can also access their photos via the web on a Fire TV or via a select smart TV and gaming console. Amazon Prime requires a yearly subscription fee of $99 and includes reduced shipping charges and access to Prime Music and Prime Video on demand. Now, 
Uh, I'm a big, uh, you know, a photo taker, photo archiver, photo hoarder, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I've got photos going back now for uh, almost 15 years, I guess it is. And so um, I d- had no idea how many photos I had. Uh, I know now know that that is just over 100 gigabytes of photos uh, because I actually did go ahead and upload uh, my entire archive of photos to Amazon just to see how it would work. Um, so here's what you have to realize with this. This is not like a Dropbox. This is not like a Google Drive. This is not like a OneDrive where the photos are actually still saved in a synchronized folder on your computer or uh, something like that. It's a service that is essentially just an app that lets you dump stuff in there and then it uploads it from there. So what you need to realize is that uh, if you are using the service as a, a backup, that's just what it is. It's a backup. It shouldn't be um, the primary place for all of this stuff to be stored. If something ever happens to Amazon, you better have this stuff somewhere else because it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to, if it goes away, it's gone. It's not like it's synced back over to your, your computer. So hopefully you've got some sort of system in place, but it is a nice thing to see that you can now back this stuff up uh, and do it through there. One other thing that I realized uh, as I was going through it is that I store my photos in videos in the same folder. To me, they are kind of, you know, one in the same type of media. We are talking about photos only with this service. So uh, keep that in mind if you're thinking about doing something like this, because I started uploading stuff and I was just going, 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 and I made it through like eight of my 15 years. And then all of a sudden I started getting errors when I was dragging over years. And what it was telling me was that I was over my five gigs of free storage in Amazon at that point. Uh, and that was because of all the videos that I had stored in, uh, in the same folders that I had all the photos in. Fortunately, it continues to upload the photos, and so you don't have to deal with going in and deleting and freeing up space. It just uh, shows that for every folder that I uploaded, I had two to 300 errors or whatever it was because I was all the videos were essentially erroring out. So keep that in mind that if you are storing videos in there, they are not getting backed up either. So... Uh, very interesting here, though, and I'm, I'm excited to see it. Obviously, just yet another place to uh, have a backup and uh, something that will definitely be going into my workflow as a place to store my photos. Google on Wednesday adopting a redesigned version of both mobile maps for Android and iOS. The app adopts Google's material design, which is the underlying design language of Android 5.0 Lollipop. The change means bright colors and flatter, bolder icons. In addition to the new design, Google Maps has new hooks for making restaurant reservations through OpenTable and booking Uber rides complete with rates and arrival times. Google also created new info cards and locations that are richer in detail and imagery. Google Maps is free to download from the Google Play Store and iTunes App Store. Questions and comments this week. First up is a comment from Vinny. He says, been a long-time listener to your podcast, and over the last few weeks, data throttling has been a topic. AT&T has had issues in the past along with other carriers. Now, when you talk about the subject, you bring up the data plans that carriers offer, and T-Mobile's data plans have been used as a comparison. Last week, Joey had mentioned that T-Mobile's plan was 5 gigs of data, and then you get throttled. Well, I'm not sure if you're aware, uh, but T-Mobile also offers a real unlimited data plan. I've had one of them for years. I use a lot of data that have ne- and have never been throttled. This plan is still available to anyone who wants it. You just have to ask. I pay $80 a month, which includes real unlimited everything, including data with two gigs of tethering for my iPad. As far as the service goes, you do not have to, I have not had a call drop in years. No exaggeration there. I get between 40 and 50 megabits down and run 25 megabits per second up. This is all uh, the, t- the time and even faster at night. 
I live in a suburb of Boston, but I've traveled up to New Hampshire and upstate New York and I've always had solid LTE data service. My brother is a self-employed tower jockey who contracts himself out for the, for many carriers and T-Mobile as of late has kept him constantly busy. T-Mobile is adding and refarming new towers everywhere. Just wanted to let you know some of the info on T-Mobile and what they're doing. Now, P.S., when I say I use a lot of data, I mean a lot. They have the best plans and the fastest data speeds of any carrier in my area. One more important note, I also have an unlimited uh, grandfathered plan with Verizon. I opened it up when they were offering unlimited data, and over the last year, their speeds have gone down so slow that my iPhone 4 at uh, iPhone says four bars of LTE, but I'm barely getting two megabits down. Instead of canceling my Verizon plan, I suspended the plan without receiving a monthly bill, hoping that Verizon service will improve. After four months, it's still terrible. I'll let you know if it gets better. Love the show. Sorry for such a long rant, but I can't tell you how happy I've been with T-Mobile. We'll keep listening. Vinny. Excellent. That's great news. And yeah, I see, actually, I I do see that plan you're talking about. It's uh, it's actually right on their website. It's called the Unlimited 4G uh, LTE data plan, $80 a month that includes uh, Rhapsody on radio, and it includes five gigabytes of smartphone uh, mobile hotspot feature uh, right now. So yeah, 80 bucks, unlimited everything on T-Mobile. And if you're in a decent T-Mobile area, which it seems like a lot of the metro areas are, I mean, just your uh, 3G, 4G HSPA is, you know, 42 megabit service. And then the LTE is, uh, uh, seems to be even faster than that. Yeah, it's uh, it seems to be that everyone that we hear from, and in fact, we've got uh, someone else coming up here that's going to uh, pretty much corroborate what you're saying here, Vinny, is, is been pretty happy with them. Um, it has been a couple of years since I've actually used them for uh, for full service, uh, you know, as kind of like a full-time provider, and uh, it's probably about time I do it again. Um, I, I plan to, at some point, I have no idea when this is going to be because I really want to have the time to be able to focus on it. I will be going on the test drive with them and take the, take the phone with a week of service, but um, really what I want to do is I want to make sure that it's at a time when I can take it out and go places and not just be my general, you know, work to home and my community area because uh, that's going to be, you know, I'll test it one day and then that's that's how it'll be. Um, but uh, anyway, thanks for uh, clarifying this, Vinny, and uh, look forward to uh, to keeping, uh, keeping up with uh, what's going on here with T-Mobile because it still seems to be like they're doing some pretty good stuff there. Next up here, a comment from Dan. He says, Dear Mickey and Joey, I just wanted to send you a quick note to say thank you for keeping up, uh, keeping us up to speed each week with what's happening in the industry. I was happy to hear about Verizon's more everything plan changes, and I switched mine from 10 gigs of data to 10 gigs of data. The only real change being that there was a $20 per month discount on my bill then. Also, uh, the line we have for my mother-in-law is an off-contract basic phone. Line access went down from $30 to $20 on that. I didn't see any way to change that online, so I called them and they added the discount as well. All of this gained just from listening to one episode of the podcast. So thanks again for what you do. Best regards, Dan. Well, Dan, uh, you're, you're very welcome here. Glad uh, that you were able to uh, to save a little bit of money here. Actually, it's more than a little bit. It's $30 a month. That's some serious dough when you add it up. 360 bucks a year just from making a couple of simple plan changes. That is the whole goal here is to save people money and help them and you make the best decisions about what it is that you're doing with your monthly phone service. Next here is a comment from Dominic. He says, hey guys, uh, here's a follow-up to my Wi-Fi calling issue from a couple of weeks ago. I had poor quality from Wi-Fi phone calls that I was making on T-Mobile. 
I made a phone call on Wi-Fi at 5.30 a.m., and it was crystal clear. Of course, at the time, no one was on uh, the network here at work. The comment Mickey made on the last show about using more data is true. The T-Mobile network is so good in Oklahoma City that we have now turned off our home Wi-Fi. We're saving $60 a month with our truly unlimited data plan. And last month, I used 109 gigabytes. I tether a lot with my laptop and watch way too much YouTube. Thanks for your help, Dominic. Dominic, great stuff here. First off, um, yeah, that was uh, a couple of weeks ago we talked about he was having problems with Wi-Fi calling in server rooms in different buildings, I think it was. And uh, and so, yeah, obviously we said just try it in a time when you know no one is taxing the network. And sure enough, you said the calls were crystal clear. So absolutely, uh, you've got an issue there with the number of, uh, of users and the amount of traffic that's going through the network. So great to hear that uh, that was clarified there with that uh, with that uh, early morning test call. And uh, boy, here's another person, Joey, uh, very happy with T-Mobile cutting off their home Wi-Fi service and going all in with uh, T-Mobile and using that truly unlimited data plan. I mean, we would not have ever been able to do that up until basically right now here with T-Mobile. I couldn't do that with Verizon, even if I had unlimited data with them. It's just not quite there. It's not fast enough. It's, uh, I mean, it's close, but I wouldn't say that I'm ready to do that yet. And it's uh, pretty amazing to be able to have that capability all wireless with unlimited everything. Uh, you know, especially with the price of home cable internet. I mean, like you said, $60 a month. I think I pay, uh, I mean, granted my service is, is a, a bit faster. I'm still at 50 megabit. I know you're kind of on the plan that's been bumped up recently mm-hmm. here from Comcast, uh, but it's still, I mean, it's retail price is like $84 a month. So it, it's, uh, that's a substantial amount of money. Yeah, it is. And if you can figure out a way to, to do this and tether and we won't ask Dominic how he's doing it and, and using 109 gigs because uh, obviously, as Joey mentioned on the plan, uh, it actually is a five gig tether limit. So I'm not exactly sure how that's working other than you're, you're watching a bunch of stuff on your device itself. But either way, uh, great news here. Uh, if, again, if you're a T-Mobile user, uh, another, like I said, co- corroboration of this uh, topic here from Dominic that it's working very well for him. T-Mobile uh, doing well this week on the show. Next up is a question from Mike. He says, Mickey and Joey, uh, I'm sure you've probably addressed this prior on the podcast, but uh, do you gentlemen use wired or Bluetooth headsets? I read a while ago that Dr. Sanjay Gupta uses a wired handset to reduce his exposure to radiation. I realize that while you aren't medical professionals, how seriously do you personally take this concern and do you have any preferred headsets uh, that you use when you are on the go? Keep up the great work. Love the show, Mike. Uh, thanks, Mike. Uh, you know, first off, I'll say um, I, I think there is uh, there there is, I guess, you know, some inherent risk to using a Bluetooth headset because it does have uh, electromagnetic electromagnetic radiation emitting from it. It is a radio, indeed. So um, there is some sort of uh, you know some sort of inherent risk there with that. But it is so minimal that I would say that there's a very very low chance of this causing any serious long term issue. And we'd seen some research, I, you know, I don't know how strong it was, but the, the research did show that actually using a wired headset had just as much radiation emanating from it because it kind of acts as an antenna um, with the wires through it. So realistically, I, would, I wouldn't worry about it either because the, the amount of radiation that's put out is way, 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 way below the ionization level of cells. So it, while it is radiating, you know, at that 2.4 gigahertz, I think is what the... Uh, the the bluetooth is it's it's pretty low power and as you know you can't get very far before it uh before it drops out so you know i i'm it's one of these things where you know it's uh there there it could be risky but the the chances of being uh actually causing any damage i think are pretty low 
So, so that's that question. The next question is, is, uh, do we use them? Uh, and I, I, I rarely use either Bluetooth or wired. And when I do at this point, it's now wired. Um, I do have a couple of headsets that I, I, I go through and it, uh, it's really when I know I'm going to be taking a long call that I'll put one of them on. Um, and one of them is the, just the Apple provided headset. It's, uh, the, the white one, uh, with the new style, I guess the, I don't remember what they call it, but that, that one. And then I've also got a, a Zag headset, um, that is one that I've had now for over five years. And uh, that one is still working pretty well. Um, so I use one of those two when I'm using them, but it's, yeah, they're nothing special. And for me, sometimes I'll be listening to music and I'll have my, uh, what Logitech ultimate ear earbuds and they have a, you know, has a little control with the, with the mic in it, you know, very similar to the Apple ones. So I'll end up somehow sometimes using that for calls. I mean, I don't really make many phone calls, but, uh, just recently I picked up a pair of A2DP, uh, stereo Bluetooth, uh, earbuds, uh, you know, wireless things with the, it has a microphone built onto it as well. So that makes phone calls. So yesterday I was, you know, listening to a, a to the serious app and a fo- uh, phone call came in and I was able to answer the, uh, the, the call with that uh, device. And that was, you know, like a $25 thing I bought on the, the Groupon site just to try them. It's a, um, to see what they were like. And actually the audio quality, the stereo quality is great on there. So I'm, I'm actually highly impressed with the, the sound quality of those things. Well, and, and those ultimate ears uh, that you mentioned, uh, I do have a, a set of those as well. Uh, my wife uses them uh, fairly regularly, actually, and uh, pretty much all of her calls that she does, uh, especially with those for business, are done over those. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, there is a, a great recommendation for something to use. So, um, uh, yeah, as far as uh, wireless uh, Bluetooth headsets, uh, you know, I, I again, I've not used a Bluetooth headset and I can't even tell you how long I use Bluetooth, but I just don't use it uh, on a headset. Um, but the, the the most recent ones that I've used have been uh, Plantronics ones. Plantronics makes very, very solid uh, Bluetooth headsets. Um, they're not cheap. They're usually around $130, um, but uh, they're, they're, they work very well. Uh, generally, they the way that they're designed is they've got a, a pretty substantial uh, piece that sticks out from them uh, that points down at the user's mouth, and that helps to pick up the sound quality. And also, they do offer side tone, which is something that's really nice to have at times when you're talking, so you get that kind of feedback on what it is that the other person is hearing what that kind of what it sounds like to him well it, it allows you to kind of set the level of your voice so you know how yell how loud to yell at the thing so um it's it, it it's i've had the best luck with plantronics too as well yeah so check those out and uh, mike thanks again for the question next up a question from matt he says my question if you had to pick the note 4 from samsung or the iphone 6 plus which one would you pick I'm a data hog that uses 55 to 90 gigabytes of data a month. I currently have an iPhone 5 and it's great, but I'm always looking for the next best thing. The only thing I worry about is the battery life. I want to make sure that my phone will last all day for me. I do like the Note 4's stylus, but I have not had good luck with Android the last time I used it. Any information you have on devices and their pros and cons would be great. Thanks, Matt. Well, okay, in this case, you said you didn't really like Android before and you have an iPhone 5 now. I mean, I, I really have a hard time not recommending the iPhone 6. I have a, a coworker that has one. He really seems to like it. I was able to kind of, you know, hold on to it for just a couple of seconds and see it. And the, the screen is amazingly big and bright. And, and I do like it nice and thin, lightweight. Um, so, I mean, I would have to recommend that route just because, uh, because of your current situation. I mean, personally, I would definitely go for the, the, the iPhone in, in my case, cause, uh, I just didn't like Android that much when I had it. And, and, um, you know, right now with the, the iOS ecosystem just makes a little bit more sense for me in the iMessage. So, uh, that to me is kind of where I would go. 
Yeah, and that that's kind of where all of this uh, this conversation is is boiling around here for me as well, or at least the thought process, I should say, is that uh, if you're currently on on uh, iOS and you're you're comfortable with it and you're using it and you're happy with it, uh, I would say stick with it. There's no reason really to change unless you feel like there's something that's missing. And if there's something that's missing, there's a feature that you can't get, then yeah, absolutely, it may be time to check out something else. But if there isn't, if it's just a curiosity thing, um, it it really then comes down to what is your pain threshold for making that change and how much money are you interested in spending and upgrading uh, and, and bringing in all of the applications that you need. And hopefully a lot of them are free, but uh, you know, certainly you're going to have to pay for at least some of them. And uh, so keep that in mind as you're making that change. But um, I would say the 6 Plus is a, is a, a fine device to choose and uh, obviously quite large. Um, it's going to be a big change from your iPhone 5, I'll tell you that. Um, even uh, you know going to a 6 has uh, been a little bit of a change, you know, is kind of your how you're using the device. So you have to keep that in mind um, and uh, give it some time as you, as you make that switch over so um, but uh, other than that it's it you know without getting into you know a, a big discussion about what it you know what Android is going to offer to you um, it's going to be the same type of Android it's going to have a new look now with Android 5.0 uh, eventually coming to all devices including the Note 4 uh, and so you're going to have uh, some different, you know, some different kind of small feature changes and stuff like that. But generally, it's going to be the same Android that you had before. So keep that in mind if you decide to go that route. And finally, today is a question from Curtis. He says, hello, I have a question about straight talk and MVNOs in general. Whenever I try to watch YouTube or Netflix, the streaming quality is horrible. I know that I can get 16 megabits per second on the download portion over LTE. But why is it that the quality is so bad on MVNOs, on some MVNOs, while on others, the quality is great? Thanks for the insight, Curtis. Well, I would definitely say this is a traffic shaping, you know, uh, not necessarily throttling because then that, that kind of implies it's your whole connection. But in this case, they see that it's a, you know, a Netflix dedicated traffic or going to whatever the, uh, the, the, the CDN network that they're delivering from and saying, okay, we're going to uh, back this traffic down and restrict it so it doesn't throttle down uh, the entire network. And, and also, of course, it could be the particular tower you're on at that particular point in time and i know each you know subcarrier and you know can kind of dictate this a little differently i mean they claim they don't do it but it's uh pretty obvious uh, even just like what we had with this big issue with comcast and even uh, verizon had this issue with netflix that you know you could only get 300 kilobits per second uh you know on my home comcast connection for netflix up until that right up and before they uh paid a big uh, some money to comcast to allow them to transport and all of a sudden now i'm you know five megabits is no problem so it's uh definitely that yeah, it's a it's a very very interesting thing that you're seeing this here. Obviously, um, you know when you're talking about uh, you know the general carrier kind of uh, making changes to uh, you know to to the the traffic that's going over their network, and obviously this is a, a very hot topic uh, that we've had with uh, with what Verizon is talking about doing with their unlimited network, and what AT and T has just been accused of with their unlimited plans, and and uh, obviously when you're on an MVNO, it's a completely different ballgame because they're buying the data from one of these carriers and. And so they're having to deal with it in very different ways. And so they're wanting to, you know, create a different type of experience for all of the users at a different price point. And so they only have a certain amount of data that they're essentially allocated to use. So it's uh, it's an interesting thing here. But uh, Joey's, I think, right on here. That's a traffic shaping issue here. Uh, I suppose it could be throttling. But uh, to your point, it would probably be on, on, on overall the entire experience that you have, not just on one particular app. So that's uh, that's what likely is for you. So. Thanks for that question. And if you have anything that you'd like us to talk about or questions that you'd like us to answer, you can get in touch with us by sending email to questions at the cell phone or giving us a call and leaving a voicemail at 206 203 
3734. And we also did have a couple of these come in through our app this week as well. Um, so if you would like to uh, help support us, you can do so by downloading the application that we talk about at the top of the show each week that allows you to listen directly to the latest shows as they are published from the application. Uh, and uh, yes, we will have an iOS 8 update coming out very soon. We are on the list. So we're just waiting for that to get released. And uh, also it allows you to send questions in directly from there so you don't have to remember that email address. Or you can call us as well. We've got a link in there to do that there. So it's an all-in-one solution for all of your cell phone junkie needs. Joey, thank you very much much as always for your time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening for more information about the stories you've just heard visit us at the cellphonejunkie.com